You're listening to episode 39 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I'm bringing you my friend, Rebecca Brown, who is the owner of Pure Form Training. And she's actually an in-home and online holistic fitness and lifestyle coach with a mission to help women be tuned in to their bodies, honor their energy, and to most importantly, chill out. (laughs) She's got some great quotes in this episode about that. And I really think that you're going to get so much out of this because Rebecca does not take fitness with your average approach. She really looks at the whole body, particularly for women, everything from your sleep, your stress, your uh, body image, how you feel about yourself, the mood that you're in, your menstrual cycle, all of these things are all incorporated into how she manages your training and how she teaches you to really learn more about your body learn to tune in, learn to figure all of these things out. And she also really encourages uh, types of self-care that go way beyond anything like manicures and massages, which uh, for anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows that we talk about self-care on here a lot. And we often discuss different types of self-care, but she has some really interesting ideas that I think you're going to get so, so much out of. So just a reminder for anyone who is looking for any references made in this episode, All the information is over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And I'm also still booking a handful of uh, calls, totally free 30-minute calls, where we talk about some of the issues that you might be experiencing with your digestion, with your anxiety around food, maybe you're struggling with willpower. All of these things are interrelated, which is one of the things that we talk about so much in this episode as well the holistic approach. And I'm giving you access to my calendar where you can just click a few buttons and put yourself right into my calendar and we will have a chat. We are going to talk about some of the things that you're dealing with and you're going to leave the call with some strategies totally unique to you that you can start to implement right away. I want you to get some quick wins under your belt. It's something that that you can tangible, that you can actually use in your everyday life But the reason why these calls are so important is because it's so unique. It's such a unique process and everyone's lifestyle is going to look a little bit different. Everyone's body is a little bit different. Everyone works different types of jobs. Some people have kids, some people don't. Everyone has different types of stressors. This is why I do this type of thing via phone call because it it really allows me to get to know you on a deeper level and to really get that full picture. Otherwise, I'm just handing out generic advice all day and it really needs to be fine-tuned to your specific needs. So make sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. Again, all the information will be over there to book a call with me um, or just a private message me on Facebook. Hit me up in the DMs uh, over at Emily Goff Coach in, on Instagram. Love to chat with you over there. And if you would also share this episode and uh, tag me, tag Rebecca, we would absolutely both love to thank you for listening in person. So without further ado, let's get going. 
Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to finally have you on. It, tell, us, tell us a little bit about you. You've, you've also gone through some big, big changes in the last few months too. So tell us what got you to where you are today and uh, some of the, the things that you've been experiencing the last few months. Sure. Um, okay, so I originally actually started in textile design. And I worked for a few years doing upholstery fabric and apparel fabric design. And it was okay. Um, you know, at the time, I was young, and it seemed like a cool, fun thing to do. And um, so a few years into that, uh, we ended up having a son. And suddenly that kind of shifted my perspective and my priorities changed as they do. Um, and so I decided I, I wanted to stay home with him for a little bit because the work that I was doing at the time didn't feel important enough for me to kind of be away from him. So what I thought would just be like a short couple of years at home turned into like 10 years um, being a stay at home mom. And we had a daughter in the meantime. And um, I guess as they started to get a little bit older, um, I was able to take a little more time for me, something that I had neglected for years. And I just, I wasn't feeling great. And um, anyway, so I started exercising again. And one of the most major things I saw a natural path, which really kind of shifted everything for me because I had a lot of allergies. I had a lot of digestion issues. and just an overall general feeling of blah. And um, so she had me eliminate a lot of things from my diet and add some things in. And I just remember at the time noticing such a profound difference in how I felt, like mentally and physically, and also working out at the time. And just remember thinking that so many of the moms that I was spending time with all complaining about similar things. And I think it was kind of then that I realized, okay, I, I want to do something that I can help women feel as good as I'm feeling now, because there is, there is a way to feel better. I think sometimes we just kind of give in and say, well, we're just, it's just is what, just how it is. We're getting older or we're moms now. So that's just what happens. And so I ended up getting certified as a trainer and um, trained women in their homes. And it just kind of expanded from there. And I feel like over the last couple of years, I've gotten a little more focused with my message and kind of my approach. But yeah, I mean, it really just started with me wanting to help women notice as much of a change that I had felt at the time. That's really powerful because I, I just love how you take such a holistic approach to training, which is not yeah. your typical trainer. Like most people, right. Eve and I were talking about this just before we, we jumped on, uh, on the recording that it's, it's not something that people even expect from a trainer because when we go to see a personal right. trainer, we're just expecting to be handed workouts, maybe yelled at a little bit in the gym, yeah. <laughs> but that's the extent of it. And I think that it's really powerful how you look at the whole picture because no, no individual is just their fitness or just yes. and women are so complicated mentally and physically, just the hormones. Is, I mean, it's overwhelming. And I think it's really kind of old school and 
I'm not sure of the word, maybe a little irresponsible to not look at kind of the whole picture of a woman because you can't, you can't find success in the gym if you're not also talking to her about how did you sleep last night? What are your stress levels? What is your lifestyle like? I mean, of course, nutrition, but all of those things. And even like, how do you feel about yourself? And where's your mindset at? I mean, you just, you, you have to look at that whole picture because all of those pieces need to come together to have any success. That's such a beautiful way of putting it, especially mentioning like how, how you feel about yourself. Because yeah. a lot of times when, and there's, I, I do feel that it, it happens much more often to women than, than with men, that when we're using exercise as a form of punishment, then that's going to work against us because that's going to cause even more stress in yes. the body. It's coming from a really negative place. We have totally. to be doing that from a more positive place to see the best results. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think so much of exercise is kind of based around like numbers. It's associated with numbers, right? Like how many calories have you burned or um, what's your clothing size or your what's the weight on the scale? And um, yeah, I mean, the mindset piece of this whole thing is so involved that I feel like I barely scratched the surface because I think it starts to get a little bit out of my scope of practice depending on, you know, women's backgrounds or what their issues are. But I mean, it's definitely, I think probably the biggest piece that I address and it's so common, unfortunately, is just kind of low, you know, low self-esteem or not loving their bodies. I kind of hate to say that because it's really hard to love your body. <laughs> I usually use the term like tolerate, like what can we tolerate about it today? But it's definitely, I would say well over like in the majority of the women that I come across, that's a huge piece. And you have to, you have to fix that. You have to at least come to terms with it. I'm not saying you have to love everything about yourself, but you have to come to terms to at least tolerate some things to have any success, I think, in the gym or just in terms of a healthy lifestyle. And what are some of the ways that you, like if, if women are really, really struggling, because so many of us do, if women are really struggling with that piece, how do you have any particular exercises or anything like that that you, you sort of walk them through to get them to a little bit better place? Yeah, so it, during usually my initial assessment, I have like a 60 plus question quiz that I have them fill out and it's all yes or no answers. And it's broken up into sections like, stress, uh, self, you know, self-esteem, body image, diet, history, um, what else is on there? Uh, movement, like sedentary habits and those sorts of things. So I have them fill that out. And then I kind of take out of those six sessions, six sections, maybe the two that they've scored the highest in, meaning that they're having the most issues. And for something like maybe for a body image issue, um, I try to make it specific to them. But like, just the whole, you know, okay, can you every day or, you know, once a week write down three things that you either love, like, or tolerate about your body and hang it up somewhere that you can see. I mean, it seems like such a silly thing, but it's a really powerful thing to just one, to sit down to do it because most women in my experience, when I ask them that question, they struggle to answer it, which is so sad. But um, I think just the act of writing it down and then having that somewhere that you can see, you know, even if you don't 
100% believe it at first. You just need to keep, it's a practice like anything else. Like you're, you know, practicing in the gym, you have to practice this sort of thing. And um, a, a specific example too, um, I had someone recently who um, had gained some weight after having her daughter and wasn't happy with the way her body looked now compared to before. And so all of her pictures are almost just from like her face. And so one of the things that I asked her to work on was to start taking more full length pictures of herself, like with her daughter so that she has these pictures. So just something very specific to them. Um, but I would say like a general exercise might be to write down three things or even one thing or, um, you know, that's kind of the, the uh, I don't want to say generic, but like the more, probably the one that I use the most, but if there's something specific that we can get them to do, then that's what I have them work on. I, and, and the thing about that is, is that we, we almost write that off because we think, you know, right. We've all heard about like gratitude journaling, yeah. and writing down the things and blah, blah, blah. But how many of us are actually doing it? Right. Because right. Like, <laughs> or doing it long enough to actually see the impact of it. Exactly. You know, we might do it once and be like, well, I feel, I feel the same. <laughs> so, exactly. And so many of us yeah. are guilty of that. I know I've been guilty of that too, that I'll, I'll think of something that's fairly simple, like a little activity like that and, and just sort of write it off my head. Like, Oh, that's not going to work. But we can't do that until we actually try it and until we do it for long enough. And I really like right. what you mentioned too about taking full length photos because I know so many women who do this. Yeah. They will only ever take selfies or, you know, only yes. they'll cut photos off. They'll crop them. <laughs> you can actually almost see it on, on social media. Yeah. And it's actually surprisingly easy to pick out when you can tell that, that a photo has been, cropped like 19 times to just make it so that you can only see their face. And, yeah. and it breaks my heart because it's, we all Me have too. so much to, to offer the world, like your, your size. And even if you aren't totally happy, it doesn't mean that you can't change it, but you do still have to, to come from a place of at least, like you said, like tolerating and, and being, yes. you know, somewhat comfortable or finding particular features that you are okay with in order to, to make the necessary changes. And then also at the same time, learn from someone like you to really tune into all of the other factors that have nothing to do with just the outside appearance of, of our bodies. Right. Totally. Yep. Um, it, what are, what are some of the things that you cover with clients when you start working with them other than, I mean, I know you mentioned the, the intake form and stuff like that, but something that I've really heard you talk about a lot that, which I am so appreciative of is uh, talking to women about their menstrual cycles and that not yeah. enough women are even being asked this question, much less thinking of it themselves, because we just, we separate the two. We, do, we don't think that one really has much to do with the other other than yeah. we often will feel like garbage on our cycles. <laughs> right. Oh my God. It's huge. I feel like it controls everything about us all the time <laughs> for sure yeah i i've been definitely known to ask my clients where they are in their cycle and i will write it down on the piece of paper and you know i can go back and start to see patterns with how their energy was that day or just how they were even just how they were moving so it's yeah it's definitely something to think about um and it's a really interesting idea that we can kind of cycle our training 
depending on where we are. Like, and what I mean by that is specific types of workouts and even the food that we eat, um, depending on where we are in our cycle. Um, I think though, I might be wrong about this, but most of the research that I've come across is um, on doing this, not being on birth control or having any kind of outside hormones being put into our bodies. So the tricky thing with this is so many women are on birth control. And so this idea isn't quite I just don't know that there's as much research on it. Like, so everything that I read is for women that aren't on any kind of birth control pills. Um, but yeah, you can definitely cycle your training depending on like which part of the menstrual cycle that you're in. Um, and, and you know, as, as far as being on the pill, I think it just all goes back. I feel like everything that I talk about or everything that I deal with always goes back to being kind of tuned into your body and if you really stop and pay attention you'll see a very um you'll see cycles and you'll start to notice days where you're more you know you have more energy or where you might be a little more low energy and i just think most women don't stop for a second to do that but anyways yeah we can go back to the menstrual cycle but yeah i think it really comes back to just kind of being tuned into your body and paying attention to what's going on. And I always encourage women, I think sometimes we might like to plan out our workouts for the week, which I think is a great idea. It's a nice way to kind of keep yourself accountable. But if you have, you know, spin class planned for Tuesday and you wake up on Tuesday and you feel super tired and shitty, yoga or a walk outside might actually be a better idea. But I think a lot of women don't even stop to, they're just like, oh, well, I'm just tired. I'll just push through it. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to do anything, but you can kind of shift into maybe changing your workout to something else. So many things that you mentioned there that I want to, that I wanted to dive into. I know. Sorry. That was all over the place. No, no, that was, <laughs> no, that was so good because you brought up so many incredible points. So one thing that I wanted to, to talk to you from that is, kind of the, the all or nothing mindset that so many of us can have yes. around exercise. And I have been so guilty of this because I am one of those type A people who likes to plan out my week and I, I'll plan yeah. in my workouts and stuff like that. But when I would wake up feeling super tired or not motivated enough to actually go to the gym or whatever my, my particular reason was for that day, um, whether it was just all in my head or an actual physical thing, I would end up skipping that day often, yeah. but then that would turn into like skipping the next week. And then I'm right. like, okay, well then, you know, I, I, I got way off track and I have to try and get back into it. And then when I would get back into it, I would go hard, like, you know, yeah. five days in a row. To make up for it. Exactly. <laughs> and then yeah. you're so sore and you can barely function and you're stressing your body. And one tool that yeah. I have started using the last few years is that uh, HRV for training app. Mm. And it, it measures like your, your heart rate variability and, and all that different stuff. You can input all kinds of extra information, like how you slept and everything else. And I cool. don't like depending on it a hundred percent because you, we all still need to be tuned into yeah. ourselves without an app. But totally. the one yeah. thing that I have found is that it does kind of force me when I'm, when I'm on the yes. fence and I, I know that I don't feel great, but I'm going to try and push through it anyway. There have been days where I was just going to say that, like it, it, not even that, but it just, 
reminds you to stop and, and take note of those things. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. when, when you're actually inputting the information, you're going like, Ooh, okay. When I'm yeah. actually, you know, writing it down or inputting it into an app, whatever that looks like it, it's really putting it right in front of your face. Like, wow, I had a really shitty sleep last night and yeah. maybe I need to just do something else. And the other thing is too, is that it also doesn't mean then don't move. Like we right. still need yeah. to move and do other things. So I think that that's a really great point that you brought up too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think we kind of all get trapped in this, you know, you wake up and you feel tired and you're like, well, maybe I'll just walk today. And then you feel guilty that you walked instead of, you know, went to the hit training class or whatever. And I just, I think we need to kind of rethink our, our rethink how we think of exercise and you know the whole thing that like sometimes less is more is such a, such an important thing and yeah I mean I think you can still do something um, but it might just not be as hardcore as what you had planned and it, that's okay it might actually be better for your body at that time than trying to beat it up when it doesn't really want to be beat up right then. And um, something else I was going to say, I totally lost my thought. <laughs> I don't know, I'll come back to it. But, but yeah, I think it's super important to kind of pay attention to that and kind of realize that it's not always has to be going hard all the time. And again, it goes back to stopping for a minute and tuning into your body and figuring out, you know, what we're like, what it needs at that moment. And it might not be what you had planned. Exactly. Our, our bodies. Oh, I know what I know. I, I got what I was going to say now. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I was thinking when you said about, you know, day one, you might not feel great. And then the next day you don't do anything. I think there is a really fine line between, am I not up for a hard workout physically, mentally, um, or do I just not feel like doing it? And I think a lot of women, like when I do say, Oh, listen to your body. And figure it out they're like well I don't really want to work like how do I know the difference between the two and the only thing that I can say to that is I think if you even just get out and walk for a few minutes I think that's kind of a good indicator where you know after a few minutes you may be like oh yeah I feel great okay I'm gonna go do something a little more intense or I'm gonna walk faster or whatever um, versus if you kind of get out and walk or maybe even just try some stretches and you're just physically maybe mentally just not there then it's time to kind of maybe do something else or just go curl up on the couch or something but but I get it it's a really fine line between just really not wanting to do it versus our bodies just don't need that at the time so it is a little tricky and I think it takes again practice and you know just god everything I like all I talk about is being tuned into your body because I feel like it tells us everything that we need to know. We just have to be listening to it. And it is a really hard thing to teach too, because it's so yeah. abstract. But yes. when we break it down into the feedback that our body is giving us, because like, listen, no one is, no one's ever going to be motivated every day to work out. <laughs> like, yeah, totally, the, right. the greatest athlete in the world is still not going to be motivated every single day. But right. I, I really like, um, I end up using some of the, the things that you suggested too. Like, I'll just start with stretching or, or something along yeah. those lines and see how it goes. And then if I'm already at the gym and I, I start a workout and maybe I feel like I have zero energy once I start that workout, 
I'll probably stop and then just do yeah, something, totally. or something like that. So it is a practice, but what are some of the other forms of kind of like biofeedback that can give people a little bit better idea as to how to start learning how to better tune into their body? Um, well, just to get back to exercise for a second, and this will answer the question, but um, I know for me, there was a period where I was teaching spin classes three days a week. And then once a week, I would go and actually had a trainer training me and he was super hardcore. And I just about died every workout. And when I got home, I remember it was a Wednesday, I would get home on Wednesday. And I was so depleted that literally the rest of the day, all I could do was either eat or try not to fall asleep because it had depleted me so much. So I think seeing how you feel after your workout is a good indicator of, you know what, that was too much for me. It was too hard for me. My body wasn't appreciating it. My body couldn't recover from it. Um, again, and then bigger picture here as far as learning to listen to your body is you really just have to slow down. And for women, that is so hard because we have a hundred things going on at all times. And to take a minute to just stop and, you know, even just scan your body, like, where am I holding tension right now? Or what's my digestion doing? I think that's a huge indicator, um, the digestion of what's going on in your body. Like if you're super gassy all the time, or heartburn or indigestion, or just feeling off, like, something's not like something's not right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think literally just slowing down, scanning the body, tuning in how you feel after your workout. Um, I journal a lot. And for me, that's a good, a good time to just kind of take a minute to see what's going on mentally. Um, I guess when I say listen to your body, it's also your, your mind. And for me, journaling and just getting things out helps to kind of clear things up and um, kind of helps me see things a little more clearly. Um, I think you can also, going back to the, the digestion thing, um, having a food diary. Again, I know women are busy, and when I say that, they're like, who the fuck has time to write down what we eat? But even just taking note of, okay, I ate this for lunch, and then two hours later, I couldn't keep my eyes open, or I'm so bloated, or... Um, so things like that, but again, it all comes back to, you have to just slow down for a second and you have to take the time to do it. It's not, you can't just in between, you know, shuttling the kids around and running errands, think that you're going to listen to your body because you're not going to hear anything. And, and this is the one of, one of the key things that I'm always stressing as well is that it, there's so much information. Uh, out there yeah. on the fitness industry about nutrition, all of these things. So you can be doing everything quote unquote, right. But yeah. it might not be working for your body. Like I was totally, I was always drinking um, whey protein shakes after I was working out for years. And then I was super gassy and I, I didn't really think much of it until I finally stopped drinking them. And all of a sudden I wasn't gassy anymore. I was like, oh, I might yeah. have a dairy issue. <laughs> and sure enough, like I, I definitely have uh, issues digesting dairy. So I'm happy that you yeah. mentioned digestion too, because again, this is not something that your typical trainer brings 
up. It's, and it's so important to look at the whole picture. I mean, when yeah, we're sure. talking about digestion too, like let's, let's uh, cover nutrition a little bit. Like where do you sort of suggest people start making some, some potential changes or at least maybe start tuning in a little bit more when it comes to their digestion and their nutrition? Um, well, I, I do. I love the idea of a food diary and not so much for recording how much you've eaten, but more just kind of what you ate and when, and then maybe some symptoms throughout the day. And then it takes time. Like you definitely have to be patient with this, but um, you start to write things down and then you can start to see if there's patterns. Um, I'm a really big believer in that the food we eat really affects our health way more than we think. And I, I have a ton of food sensitivities. I don't ever encourage um, anyone to not eat certain foods, but I do encourage them to take note of how they're feeling. So if they are having a lot of digestion issues or gosh, even some mental stuff like depression or brain fog, or low energy, like allergy type symptoms, I definitely think there might be a food sensitivity going on. This gets a little bit out of my scope of practice, but I can at least speak to it on my experience from it. And I know when I took some things out of my diet that didn't work for my body, um, I noticed a huge difference. So I think the food diary is huge. And I think just taking a minute every day to kind of see how your digestion is working and, um, yeah, silencing all that outside noise, like including probably myself right now talking, but there is so much out there that it gets super overwhelming. And I don't blame anyone for being confused on how to eat or what not to eat. But just like everything, it comes back to your body and you have to you have to know your body and just how it works. I think we've become pretty out of touch with our bodies and that like everything we need to know is right there. So, um, but yeah, the food thing is huge. I don't encourage people to take things out of their diet, but I do think you need to pay attention to how what you're eating is making you feel because I think, um, yeah, I just think it affects us way more than we realize. And a lot of our issues probably could be improved upon by changing what we're eating. How that looks for everybody, I have no idea. And when people ask me, should I eat this? Should I eat that? My answer is always like, I don't know, <laughs> which is the most frustrating answer <laughs> I could probably give them. But I, I don't know. I mean, I can give them suggestions, but they have to just try it for themselves and see if it works for their body. And it takes time. It takes, and I think a lot of people quit before they notice anything, which is sad. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the thing, right? It does take so much patience and, and so many of us just want that, that quick fix. But yes. I'll hear people talk about cutting out entire food groups just for the hell of it. You know, like yeah. no carbs. I'm, I'm going not just low carb, but no carb. And yeah. uh, or I'm cutting out dairy, even if you maybe don't have an issue with it, like all of these different things. And, and sure, it's, it's great to experiment with that because that's part of the process. But I think yeah. that what you and I both want to suggest to people is that you, you experiment with it, but maybe be a little bit more clinical about it as opposed to being super attached to 
a particular outcome. Like that you, right. exactly. somebody has, yeah, like someone has decided that low carb is, is the thing for them and they start doing it and then they're not open to maybe the response that their body is giving them that maybe their body actually needs some more carbs. But they're, yeah, totally. you know, we're, we're so, we get so stuck and so tunnel visioned on a particular mm -hmm. idea that we don't want to go back to something else because we're like, oh my God, this is taking so long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, if you do something like super crazy like that, it's not sustainable. And I mean, I'm all about like, life is a freaking long haul. So you need to find something that will sustain you for that long haul. And, you know, like I said, I have a lot of food sensitivities and I've eliminated a lot of things, but it's what works for me. And I, I it's, it's working for me from a long-term perspective. I don't see it as just a, I'm going to do this for six weeks just to drop some weight. It's because I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. My digestion's better, which in turn makes my immune system work better. So it's yuck. It's a process, but I definitely think it's one that more women should pay attention to. Absolutely. And yeah. one thing that I want to mention too, is that you, you place a really heavy importance on rest and which you also yeah. like to call chilling out, which I love. And totally. <laughs> it's, it sort of feels like, again, sort of the total opposite of what a typical trainer would advise. And I'm sure a lot of women are also feeling, you know, I, well, I don't have time to rest. So yes. what does this look like for you and, and how do you advise women to sort of build in rest into their day without, you know, taking them off everything else that they have going on? Quick little backstory. I think this kind of explains why I talk about filling out so much because um, when I first started building my in-person training business, um, also a mom at the time and also at the time period when I was doing those really intense workouts, um, and teaching spin three days a week, it was too much. And I got to the point where I was tired all the time and I would come home from training clients and I just, I just probably even a little depressed and um, I didn't feel like working out. Yeah, I was just in a really gross place energetically and physically and even mentally and um, went to the doctors and she had checked um, some hormone levels and my cortisol was barely registering. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. It, it ended up that I had adrenal fatigue and I had to kind of reshift everything that I was doing. I ended up dropping two spin classes and just teaching one a week. And I stopped training with the trainer that was killing me. And I did more walking and I tried to get some more yoga in, but I wasn't super successful with it. But I just really chilled out a little bit. And again, as I look around at the time, seeing all these women that are living the same way that I was, I just realized that we all need to chill out <laughs> a little more. I mean, women are awesome. And we are the most amazing caregivers, whether you have children or not, you have someone that you're taking care of. And we never say no, which is a, a bad thing. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, we just need more rest. I mean, we just we try to do everything and be everything, which I think is possible, but not at the same time. And it's just slowly making us all sick, I think. And I, I stress the importance of, you know, we make the effort to work out each week and we make the effort to have salads for lunch and to eat our vegetables. But 
are you making the effort to schedule in time to just chill out? Like, and that can be anything. I mean, maybe it's meditating or yoga or taking your daily walk or journaling or staring at a wall and breathing. I don't care what it looks like, but it has to be scheduled in just like everything else. And I know it's like another thing to add to our to-do list to take care of ourselves, but I think the stress piece might even be more important. I would definitely say it is more important than the, the fitness part. I mean, yes, we should be moving our bodies, but at this point, I think we're all just so overscheduled and so committed and like overcommitted to everything that it's just so important and women just aren't doing it. And yeah, so. And what are some of the best ways that you advise to sort of just rest and, and chill out? Like just literally hanging out on the couch? Um, I'm not sure about the, well, the couch, yes. Like if you're reading, I think sometimes we fall in front of the television, which is it always feels nice, but I think that's actually more numbing than recharging. And I, I've never got up from watching TV on the couch and felt recharged. <laughs> like I never <laughs> jumped up and thought, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go now. It's usually if I take a walk, I walk my dogs every day and I always come back with a little burst of energy, whether it's just the fresh air. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's what works for you, but it has to recharge you. I don't want it to numb you because then I feel like that just makes it worse. So, like I said, it might be journaling. It might be taking a walk. It might be going to a yoga class. Um, yeah, I think it looks different for everybody. It just, it has to be scheduled and it has to be something that makes you relaxed and slightly energized afterwards. I think that's a really important distinction too, like, you know, numbing versus, versus recharging, which kind of leads for me sure. into my next point, which is uh, self-care. And yeah. you have some out of the box ideas around self, self-care. So talk us through what that looks like for you and what you usually recommend to people. Yeah, so I think, you know, self-care is definitely a hot topic these days, and I think that's good in the sense that women are starting to take note and realizing it, but now I think it's time to kind of take it a step further and, like, having a manicure or a massage, like, okay, great, I think it's, like, superficial self-care, like, good for you for taking the time for yourself, like, I think that's a good place to start, but I think, like, I don't want to say real self-care, but I real self-care, I think is like digging a lot deeper and figuring out, okay, so you need to take these time, this time to go have a massage and a manicure, but there's like, what, let's look at the bigger picture. Like what needs to change in your lifestyle so that almost so that you're not needing to take that time. Um, I think it's, like investing in your life, maybe it's your career or a hobby, um, in your health. Um, I always feel bad saying this, and I love my kids, but like for women that are moms, like we have to be more than just a mom. So that self-care, I don't want it to look anything to do with your kids. I want it to be something for you that has nothing to do with being a mom. Being a mom is awesome, and we all know that. We all love our kids, but you need to have something more than that. So I think that kind of falls into self-care, but it's, it's like the deeper work. It's like, uh, I don't know, becoming self-aware, getting to know your body, maybe doing some work on issues that you have. We all have issues. So to me, that's what the self-care should be. Like 
okay, now we've kind of gotten past the superficial stuff, but let's like, let's dig deep here and figure out our shit and just, yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> no, no, it totally does. I think that that's really helpful because I, I think that sometimes we almost need to give ourselves permission to do those types of things too. Yeah. So I think it's really important to, to stress that self-care doesn't have to look like what you might see on Instagram. <laughs> right. It's totally. A little bit different for everyone. And things like personal development are really important to self-care. And that yes. those are the types of typical things that we associate with it. And self-care is yeah. becoming very um, buzzwordish. And yeah. I think we need, I think we need to really make sure that we're, we're looking at some other aspects of it as well. Right. Totally. Yeah. It just, it's, yeah. So the self-development piece is huge and I think it's overwhelming and a lot of people don't know where to start and that's fine. Um, I mean, maybe it starts with just going to a therapist or picking up a book. I, I don't know what it looks like for you, but yeah, we have to kind of, I don't know. I just think, everybody might need a little bit of a lifestyle audit. <laughs> and um, I think that's a good place to start. The manis and the petties and the massages, awesome, go have them. But I don't know that that's real self-care. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Rebecca, tell us where everyone can find you, how people can work with you. Uh, let us know all the things. Uh, sure. So website is pureformtraining.com, form with an E at the end. And Instagram or Facebook is just pure form training. Awesome. And we'll link all of that up as well. And I always ask everyone uh, on the podcast that if, if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Um, to slow the fuck down and chill out for sure. <laughs> I just, I feel like everything comes back to that. And, um, yeah, just slowing down and kind of getting to know yourself again and um, tuning in and see what your body needs. I love it. That's actually like the best advice ever. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I just, I, I so appreciate your approach. And I think that there are a lot of women who need to hear more of this because especially when it comes to things like fitness, we're just looking at the one aspect and we're not putting together the full picture. And then we're frustrated when we aren't getting the results. So I think that yeah. it's really helpful to look at this holistic uh, framework that you've developed. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Ryan. This is my first ever podcast. It was very exciting. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I'm so happy yeah. to have you on. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. I, I do. I mean, of course, I love my message and I do want more women to hear it because we really do need to, um, we really need, like, need to change some things and um, just for the sake of our health. So it's important stuff. I agree. Oh, thank you so much. I absolutely love Rebecca's approach. And honestly, I have to say we finished the episode with the best possible quote, <laughs> slow the fuck down and chill out. <laughs> there is so many days where that's really all I need to tell myself and to actually internalize it so that I just do it. And I think all of us would do really, really well to abide by that advice. If you took nothing else from this episode, that is the piece that I think that we really need to focus on more. Too many of us are going 10,000 miles an hour, especially women. We are always trying to care for everyone, everything else around us, and we aren't putting enough attention on ourselves. And then we're getting really frustrated because we're not getting the results that we want. 
So I really hope that you got a ton from this episode. I know I definitely did. I always do whenever I talk to Rebecca and she's got such a well-rounded approach that I really, really appreciate. So make sure to go check out all the show notes over at roomtogrowpodcast.com and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.